0: So, that, so all of that leads me here. Why are we uh-huh. standing on top of a giant landfill? What? Like why did you take me here and why do I see so many discarded
1: candles? Well, Dave, okay. I wanted you to see firsthand the problem facing the candle industry. Mm. L- let me hit you with this stat. This okay. is actually sit down okay. on all those discarded candles. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's going to be sharp. Okay. Almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next million years. Okay, I, I wouldn't say this to a lot of people, John. Yeah. You're not lying to me because you don't lie to me, John. I, I would never lie, especially
0: uh, about candles. I so, I told you that the first years, day we met. That is Gnarls Barkley crazy. <laughs> Although I must admit, this landfill does smell pretty great <laughs> compared <laughs> to what I anticipated. The, you know, the candles do
1: kind of pick that part up, but it's disturbing, John. Hey, Dave, yeah. you're funny, but this is no time to I'm joke. So okay, the folks you. at Notes yep. knew New. That we all want our homes to smell great. I do. But figured there had to be a more responsible way. And guess what? They found the perfect solution. What did they come Let up Let me tell you. John? If you'll okay. stop interrupting me, so I'll tell you. So Notes created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again. And guess what, Dave? Again. Again. Yes. Please don't interrupt me. So you don't become part of the problem. It's so easy to use. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, and all you do is place the wick in the reusable notes jar, fill it up with the wax beads, enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours, and then just do it all over again when you're ready to get a new one. Oh, so that means I can switch out of fragrances all the time. That's so right.
0: That sounds great. I'm checking out their website, and I think I already have my eye on the Santal
1: and Alice Atlas Cedar. Cedar. Yeah, I knew and that. And Yumeria and Pink Currant. Yep, yep, yep. The one that you're enjoying right now, uh-huh. Smell so that? Mm, it's vanilla and pepperwood. Ooh. That's like my two favorite scents. And the names of your bunnies, right? That's right. Okay. Yeah, just coincidence there. <laughs> okay. Did you know that there are 13 amazing fragrances what? in all? Dave, that's almost 14 oh fragrances. Handcrafted goodness. by fragrance experts at their home base in South Carolina. And they are to die for. Oh, my goodness. Be a responsible consumer
0: while not giving up on high-quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at NoteCandles.com slash podcast. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code DADVILLE. Just use code DADVILLE when placing your order.
1: That's code DADVILLE at NoteCandles.com slash podcast. Hi, I'm Dave Barnes. And I'm John McLaughlin. And welcome to Dadville. Dadville is a podcast where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of awesome dadding. It's funny thoughts and deep talks. So please, enjoy your time here in Dadville and enjoy this episode with... Michael Wee.
0: Hey, everybody. It's Dave here. I've got new music out. That's right. I have a new song called Years Long that just came out that is going to be a part of an album that is coming out in late October. Can't wait to tell you all more about that. But for now, if you need a slow jam, a little love song for your fall, go check out Years Long. It just came out. You can stream it wherever you like to get your music. I also want to say, I see that Bologna FC back there. Can I get the backstory of that, please?
2: That's my team. That's my is team. It really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big Serie A guy, but especially Bologna. Got to Look see them play a few, few matches, uh, and I think their stadiums iconic. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, no, no. Bologna means a lot, means a lot to us. Yeah.
1: Now, Dave, h- how does that make you feel? Listen, I'm, you know, is that okay? You know, well, just hold on one second. Let me show you
2: something. <laughs> this is what's hanging <laughs> up. Here we go. All right. Dave's yeah, holding up an arsenal and, and we can be scarf. friends
0: because of Serie A and EPL, you know, they, they yeah, can, and they like can exist I, don't, together.
2: I don't think Bologna is making the Champions League anytime soon. So, so the, the odds of our teams meeting each other ever crossing <laughs> are, are pretty distant. I, I don't know. I mean, I know a couple <laughs> of
0: friends who are Serie A fans, and I mean, literally a couple. One of them yeah, is a yeah. Roma and then I've got like a Juventus one or two, but I have never, I didn't know that in my life, I thought I would ever cross paths
1: with someone who's like, let me tell you, man. Well, I to me, agree. it's like you guys are just Bolognese. making, you're just making words up right now. I'm to you we, are, we are, we, we are. are, none of this actually exists. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> to, to give the layman person, uh, an idea of your team, Michael, well, both of you guys, what's the NFL team that would be the equivalent of Arsenal? and? Well, I want to hear Michael's answer so bad yeah.
2: on this. Cleveland Browns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Although, like, like the Browns yesterday, sometimes we surprise people. And, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. We, we beat a Juventus or a Roma, but, but it's a surprise when it happens. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. I'd probably say the Cowboys in that we've had a heyday. And I mean, and you know what? Look at you, Michael. I'm going to, I'm going to use yesterday's example too. Last night, you know, they came back and stomped the Giants and right now Arsenal is back in its ascendancy. So, you know, maybe it's yeah, that, yeah, yeah. a storied past with a bright future. Michael, let me tell you what you didn't come on here to talk about. That's a serious. I know you did, and let's do that because I. (laughs) I feel like we should tell
1: listeners who are about to turn it off, like, "Hey, this is not a sports (laughs) episode, (laughs) Uh, but it can be."
0: Let's not call it. Let's not call it yet. Yeah. A new
2: branch of my yeah um, yeah yeah is opening up here yeah yeah it's just it's all gonna you're gonna get so
0: many podcast requests within these first five minutes okay so everybody this is really exciting we we have we have got Michael Weir on and we have wanted Michael to be on for a really really long time yeah true story we have been throwing your name around for years yeah it's a true story Michael I feel like between John and I we probably have a hundred million mutual friends because I know you have a lot of Nashville people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it's really fun having you on, and so this is really cool, and this is by far one of the most unique. We, we start with what we call the brag sheet, Michael, which is just kind of like. This is your life. Is it who you <laughs> want um, to um, My the, favorite '90s sitcom jingle. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so okay, so I'm going to read it. Okay, Michael here. Currently, Michael is the founder, president, and CEO of the Center for Christianity and Public Life. Uh, His next book, which comes out in January, is called The Spirit of Our Politics, Spiritual Formation and Renovation of Public Life. Uh, worked in the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships during the President Obama's first term. first book was called Reclaiming Hope, Lessons Learned in the Obama White House about the future of faith in America. Also writes for The Atlantic, New York Times, Washington Post, Catapult Magazine, Christianity Today, and other publications on faith, politics, and culture. Also provides off-the-record analysis and insight into boards, uh, organizational staff, political and religious leaders. Um, this is really cool. Holds an honorary position at the University of Birmingham. I'm gonna say Birmingham because if it was Birmingham, it'd just be Sanford. Uh the University <laughs> of Birmingham's Cadbury Center for the Public of Understanding of Religion and has uh, lives in Maryland, as we say down here, uh, with two daughters. And you gotta tell me, these are the most beautiful names ever, and I'm terrified
1: to mispronounce them.
2: Circe and Alaria. Yeah. Look at and Alaria. What's
1: the story with those names? Are those family names?
2: No, so Sirsha... two
1: of Bologna's most infamous <laughs> yeah, players. That's right. strikers well,
2: so my my uh, my youngest, her middle name is Chiro and it's she's named after my grandfather, but it's not a coincidence that Chiro Mobile is is also a Chiro. cheercho. Uh, Sirsha... <laughs> We just fell in love with the name. Uh, we do yeah. have some like Irish, but but really, we just fell in love with the name. It means freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my my wife worked for the the British, and so she worked with a number of Sirches in her time, and just always okay. always loved the name. And then Alaria, we were we were in Italy, and I was ordering from like a casual like fast food italian seafood joint and the waitress who took my order said her name and i was like i'm sorry what was that uh and and like she said it again and i walked out of the restaurant and told my wife if we have a second girl this is the name and and thankfully my wife agreed and yeah we just it's it's the italian uh-huh. form of hillary um, oh gotcha, and so, I now, gotcha. it I means gotcha. cheerful and oh that's and, beautiful Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah.
0: That's really, really pretty. That's great. And beats basically every other two kids' names I've ever heard before. And I loved it. Um, right.
2: I well, we it. figured after we started with Sirsha like, we couldn't yeah, go. You can't, you can't with go like, with Becky or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we, yeah there, there would be a real imbalance there. So, you know, min, <laughs> minimum of three vowels. Uh, yeah, on that's true. Right. That's right.
0: And <laughs> some backstory. Like, you need an origin story with both names at that point. Yeah, yeah, like, this yeah. can't be, like, you know. <laughs> It's my great aunt from, you know, Kalamazoo. That's right. So, okay. So, so one of the reasons that we've been so excited to have you on is you, you work in a space that, I mean, you know, John and I living in Nashville playing music professionally. I mean, I just don't, for as much as I cross paths with people, I just don't cross paths with people in politics. And that's not because I purposefully don't or like I have some beef it's just that, you know, it just, it's, it just feels like that's just not circles I'm in much. And so one of the things that I kind of want to come off the top with, just right up the top rope, is I'd love to, my question's for you, like, if I'm being honest, it's not something that I think about much, right? Like, I live my life, we have our kids, we do um, sports, I do my job, you know, I'm just doing, you know, we're, we're doing our thing. And, and when, I, in, when I interact with politics, I tend to be like, oh man, that's a lot of stuff I don't know about, and I would say maybe most importantly, Michael, I'm like, I, what what good can I do, right? Like right. little little me, and and so I think just initially, that's the, that's sort of what I would posit to you. It's sort of like how, for those who are listening, and I bet a lot of people listening, we have listeners in the millions. Is like um, you know for all the hundred million? Is it a hundred million, John? Two hundred million. It's
1: hundreds or millions or <laughs> hundreds hundred, or millions like of, yeah. of listeners.
2: You know that that, that made feel. <laughs> we take feel... a five-minute break. I need to gird myself. Yeah, this is get ready because <laughs> you to, really yeah, you're going to be accountable for what you say. It could <laughs> yeah, change yeah, yeah. nations.
0: Is um, <laughs> just like you know what 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 would you say to people like me? And again, who I imagine a lot of listeners are who just don't even really think about this. You know, it's just like it's too far. It's too much to do. It's like and again, what good can I do with that? Like, what what would you say to that?
2: Yeah. So as a citizen in this country, you do not choose to have political influence. You already have it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you are already making choices about how to steward that responsibility. Now, right. Like we should right size that the every citizen has responsibility, but because we live in such a huge nation, and people have different callings, that responsibility you know you like you don't you don't bear all the responsibility for how everything goes, especially not how everything turns out but i I would encourage folks to think about the fact that that as you know there are so many areas of our lives in which we do dedicate and and choose to dedicate a portion of our time, our attention, our resources for which uh uh that's responsibility that we you know choose ourselves uh but but our civic life is is one where just by the fact of being here um we we have that responsibility uh politics i know politics has become about so much more than what it it should be right mm-hmm. like when you think about well what is politics like uh you you uh self-governance is like at best like eighth on the list you think well it's we're like a bunch of people argue about esoteric sort of sort of things that no one really knows anything about and you know you go down go down the list it's uh it's it's why uh we can't keep a thanksgiving dinner you know together um like all those kinds of things but at at its at its heart and what politics is supposed to be about is just like how we organize the the lives and the governance of our of our communities and so mm-hmm. if we care about our neighbors if we want to if we will the good for our neighbors um, and our own families and the institutions in which you you know so you mentioned sports you mentioned you know your family you mentioned schools well all all those things are affected by political decisions they're not entirely mm-hmm. determined by them but they're affected by them you know so we we have a we have a responsibility uh, there so that that would be the base level argument that mm. political decisions affect the well-being of our neighbors the communities in which we play a role and so to dedicate some portion of our our attention and and our resources uh is is a way to uh be faithful with the influence that we've been given
1: yeah i so dave i feel like you maybe there are if we can generalize listeners into maybe two categories dave you're talking about the people who maybe just don't think about it much and then maybe there's another category of people who who think about it but just get overwhelmed because Mm -hmm. it seems like to be an informed voter it would you would need a it'd be a full-time job like if you go to the to the ballot and you're looking at all these issues aside from the people that you're, you know, you want to know a little bit about each person and you want to think locally as well as federally, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so overwhelming. I feel like a lot of times when we're having discussions or arguments or whatever, a lot of times we're we're citing uh, the headlines of the articles we didn't read. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, which is all understandable cuz we yes. all we don't work in politics. We all've got kids and lives and all that kind of stuff. Is there are, are there one or two pieces of advice that you would have for listeners like that who would who want to like have some kind of manageable way to educate themselves
2: yeah so the first is like right like not even like there's a reason why we have uh why like congress has committees and it's because the members on those committees are supposed to specialize focus on those issues and they typically don't know definitely as much and sometimes not much at all about other areas of interest. So even elected officials where that's their job have specialization yeah. and areas of focus and if there are votes that they need to take that implicate a whole bunch of issues but but their passion is 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 one slice of it they will often weight that thing that they care about heavier even if sorry of that isn't a reflection of reality so voters and and uh, uh, just folks who don't have a political uh, vocation certainly have the freedom to do that. So that would be the first thing. Like, just relieve yourself of the burden to feel like you need to know everything. The burden to feel like, oh gosh, you know, I, I have this instinct. I think this is the right, the right, uh, the right position to hold, the right candidate to vote vote for. But but what if I turn out to be to be wrong you know what right. what if what right. if this does then i'm sort of on the hook for something that i could have just you know stepped back from yeah um, you don't want to
1: be on the wrong side of history so you just stay out of the fight right
2: yeah. and you know we we have to be responsible for the things that we say the things that we do but i would just argue that in, in the political realm uh, it, you know that that is that is tempered by the fact that no one really knows what's, what's going to be the result of these. We're all just trying to do our best. So my yeah. my basic level encouragement to folks would be do your best. I have a two and a four-year-old. If I wasn't working in politics, I would be dedicating, this would be a season where even though I have civic commitments and that's really important to me, this would be a season of my life in which I would be reading much less news where I would be attending mm-hmm. far fewer sort of meetings. And folks have the... Freedom to be like seasonal, and 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 to to think about where it fits in their life as it is now, and that may be different um, in, in the future, um, or or than than they've you know previously been uh, been engaged. And so, yeah, th- that would be my. Think about your life. Think about the challenges that you see facing your own family, the challenges that you see in your community, uh, and you know think about, well, you know, I have a, my family was on food stamps growing up. I'm, I'm really uh, attentive to what nutrition uh, programs for the government look like, mm-hmm. or, you know, I have kids uh, who are about to head in school. I'm going to pay particular attention to public education in this season of my, my life. And so those are that you don't need to be an expert in everything. And yeah. that's not what being a citizen is about the whole point of self-governance uh is is that everyone's able to sort of uh contribute without uh having the burden of being a sole decision maker
0: so he gets off the no just let me finish he gets off the roller coaster Mm -hmm. stumbles left stumbles right spots a trash can and Uh boom buries his head in it and gets sick (laughs) Uh, unbelievable and that was the same day i met your grandma john that weird? Such a small world. Yeah, yeah.
1: All right, so what happened after he got out of the trash can?
0: Well, he kept riding more coasters, and he got mm-hmm. sick
1: about four more times, and it was at that moment I thought,
0: I wish I could have helped him, and then you told me
1: about today's That's That is right, Dave. Dadville is sponsored by Relief Band. I thought we were going to say it together. No, oh, Relief band. band. Let's do it one more time. Okay relief, relief band. band that's nice yeah. have you ever had to pull over because someone in the car was sick oh, man all the time yeah. or maybe someone in your family had to miss school or work because they were nauseous if
0: that sounds familiar you need relief, relief band. band relief, relief band, band sorry, is the number one fda cleared anti-nausea wristband that has been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting associated with motion sickness anxiety migraines, hangovers, morning sickness, chemotherapy, and so much more.
1: I love relief band because whenever one of the girls starts to get a little car sick, we give them a relief band and the nausea, boom, goes away. It sounds like that when it 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 leaves. Yeah, well, I feels so much better. We don't take a road trip without it, Dave, and we always have it ready to go at home. Hmm. In case I wasn't clear, okay, I'm just gonna circle back. Relief mm-hmm. Band is
0: legitimately a band you wear on your wrist to give you relief from nausea and uses technology that works with your body so it's safe, drug-free, and has zero side effects. It's just that
1: simple. Plus, Relief Band both treats and prevents nausea so you can help stop nausea from becoming a problem in the first place. It's a must have for every road trip.
0: Remember, you don't have to over plan for nausea relief or dose up six hours before a trip. Just bring your relief band and you are good to go. Right now, we've got an exclusive offer just for Dadville listeners.
1: If you go to reliefband.com and use the promo code Dadville, you will receive, Dave, what do you think? Uh, 2% off. And that would be great, right? Yeah.
0: And 20, then out of zero. Say,
1: no, what about 2% and double the shipping? <laughs> Is that what they do? <laughs> Let me tell you what they do. Okay. They added a zero to that. That's 20% off plus, Dave, free shipping. shipping. What? They're covering all the How shipping. This business I business. know it. So head to Reliefband, R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com, and use your promo code DADVILLE for 20% off plus free shipping. dadville is sponsored by better health
0: john have you ever had a time in your life where you felt like you knew it was good for
1: you but your brain was just getting in the way mm, i know exactly what you mean i remember this time when i kept thinking this is what i should be doing I know this is what's best for me and my family, but something is holding me back. Yep,
0: yep, been there too. I think most of us probably have. And one
1: great way to make those difficult
0: thoughts go away is to talk them through. Mm -hmm. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of your negative thought
1: cycles and start improving. You could not be more right, David. Most of the time, you're right. I'll just say it. Therapy is so helpful. It teaches coping skills, helps you set boundaries, empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy,
0: give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely Online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge.
1: Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash dadville today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp. H E L P dot com slash Dadville. Yeah, and I think that's good because the what you are um I mean this reminds me of advice that somebody gave me on like investing money and they they said that don't invest in things that you don't know anything about mm-hmm. so like if you love whatever if you're a car guy or whatever like and maybe invest in auto stuff that sounds. I sound so dumb when I just said that auto stuff. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, like yeah. Follow how, how
2: many stocks? Of, how many uh, shares Why of GM do you own? But. <laughs> so many auto stuff, stuff. Yeah. So. Gosh, just uh, so, many so many. But yeah, I auto think auto it's that
1: same idea, though. Like, follow the things that apply to your life because that's probably more sustainable because it actually interests you and affects your life directly. And don't don't feel guilty about some other issue that you don't know anything about and feel like you need to take the time to go and research it necessarily.
0: Yeah. I think I, I think the thing that's so tricky though is it still feels like this is me just speaking really candidly. It just feels so overwhelming and again, it's like what is especially for the time, it's it's sort of a time thing. It's like for the yeah. time you put in, your one vote. Mhm. Like one vote. And 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 do not get me wrong. I'm thankful for that one vote. And I and Annie and I both vote. Like we are participants in that. But You know what I mean? I'm like, okay, for all the time I'm going to invest, sort of figuring out the issues, all the things, you know, I go place the one vote. And then it's like, you know, and and because to your point, Michael, the country is massive, you know, and our state is massive, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, is it really going to matter that one vote, you know, like that one that I even vote, but two that I vote in some, you know, certain capacity? And I mean, does it somewhat become more of a. ideological stance you know where yeah, you're just yeah, kind of yeah. like it's just good to do it so you should do it or do you feel like these things still really matter in a country that's this enormous
2: you know a couple layers to that so yes it it does still matter you know we we still have especially at the local level you know elections yeah. are decided by 80 votes you know a yeah, couple yeah. hundred mm-hmm. vo- so yeah. it, it so but the act of voting that uh, does matter to so, zoom out like a like a bit from voting you know voting itself um i have seen in my in my work in my life in politics individuals make a profound difference mm-hmm. i tell a story in my first book and i know y'all had a stanfield christian uh, not a oh, yeah, on, yeah yeah, yeah. um I was, I was, a I was a White House staffer in January of 2012. I was briefing a senior advisor to the president and I, we had talked about a number of issues and on my way out, the senior advisor goes, you know, Michael, uh, we've, we've talked about a lot. If there was one thing that we could, that we should focus on, what, what should it be? And I had in my binder a printout of a CNN article about the Passion Conference in January 2012 it was the first time Passion had focused specifically on an issue on a social issue and, and they they raised 3 million dollars for uh to combat human trafficking that year at Jeez. Passion 60,000 college students packed out the Georgia Dome and so I took out this article showed the senior advisor and I said for young Christians around this country. This is a civil a rights issue of our time. And wow. I recount in the book how the machinery of government responded to that. Now, it wasn't just that. There were other people doing other work and there was a confluence of things, but I could draw a direct line from 60,000 college students who had no idea that anybody but God was watching them, But Mm -hmm. there was someone in the White House who was paying attention. Uh, Mm -hmm. That person told others about it. And within a year, the president of the United States was given a speech uh, at the Clinton Global Initiative that resulted in hundreds of millions of dollars of additional American investment in combating human trafficking. Uh, It was the longest speech on slavery that that an American president has given since Abraham Lincoln. Uh, and I could draw a direct line from those 60,000 yeah. Christians in the Georgia Dome to, 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 that, to that moment. Um, and I have just like countless, countless stories like that. And so mm-hmm. making a difference is possible. I do think politics is especially for younger folks and like just like 40 and under like those in like the digital era, era and sophistication of technology the idea that so much of our lives right now like if we want to invest the example i use is charity water right like if you Mm -hmm. give 50 bucks to charity water uh the team over there will send you a gps and you could if you want you could watch the live webcam feed of the well that you helped build with your 50 dollar contribution and right the whole point of that is to you're getting an immediate sort of reward for what you contributed and you could say i did that our politics offers very few mm, opportunities yeah. for you to say i did that you, you yeah. can write you could write a letter to your congressman uh, uh congressperson and maybe they vote the way you wanted them to but you're kind of like it's very rare that you'll get a response. I'm voting because you wrote this letter. It's like, well, right. I hope I, I hope I made a difference, but I don't really know. And so I think that like the fact that we don't get the dopamine hit from yeah. actual yeah. political participation is a real problem. The, the last thing I'd say on this, though, is so part of what you see happening is because there isn't the dopamine hit from actual political participation, you have a lot of people going to politics as a form of entertainment and that will give you a dopamine hit. So, so if, if the dopamine hit of, if you're not getting the dopamine hit from attending a school board meeting, which is actual sort of political participation, but you are getting a dopamine hit from tweeting the, uh, you know, uh, vulgarity at the school, at the head of the school board for not doing something that you want them to do. That's where a lot of the political energy is going. And what I'd say is that, uh, A, that's very destructive, (laughs) Uh, B, uh, Christians have resources to draw on that should allow us to not need to go to politics for that, for those kinds Mm -hmm. of emotional, you know, incentives, and instead go to politics for its limited but important, you know, purposes.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. You, uh, you so, um, just to back up for a second, you so just quickly breezed through earlier that while you were working in the White House, and you know, Dave, that's just another day in my life. That's just a piece of my history that's as common as the Whataburger I had two days ago. Like, can what I mean, John and I were talking about this for the thing. What in the world is that like? Like, when you were working in the White House, so were you there for four years?
2: Three, yeah, three and a half. Yeah. Okay
0: what in the world i'm just going to say it again what in the world is that like
2: well it was it was an incredible honor you know i I think a lot of people expect oh like you saw how the sausage was made you must you know you must have stories to tell about you know leaders not being who they said they were and and i i think it was you know so i was helped by the fact i was in the faith-based office Hmm. so i think if i was maybe somewhere else maybe i would have had a different experience but i gotta say like i left government feeling much more optimistic hopeful about about christian leadership in this country about the future of the country Mm -hmm. than i was when i got in because so much of my job was like working with well first of all i've never been more prayed for than the three and a half years Mm. i was i was wow second i like i just got to work with christians on the ground uh and other other folks but I just got to see like the best of the church. I got to see people who were spending day after day trying to serve those in need. I got to meet people who were who we had sincere motivation, who believed that their faith motivated them to 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 care for others. And it was just like it was an incredible experience. And working in the White House it's it's um I mean this is a trope but you know it is you know like a uh, a, a a living museum you know you just you just Gosh. walk around and just go oh yeah that's where you know nixon did his farewell speech you oh, know this is where kennedy gave the speech in the rose garden and you know like it, it is a surreal surreal kind of experience was there um, temptations to steal stuff yeah. I mean, Temptations. Let me show you my China collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I was able to make it out with Truman and Ford. Uh, uh, and, uh, no, I mean, that—that sure, yeah. that is
0: like, you know, to John's reaction too. I'm like, I just can't imagine when you're in a place with the history that that has where like every nook and cranny has some significance, has some piece of history. Yeah. And you know that is where you are for three and a half years. Like I just that that which you know. I think one of the things that we know about humans is we all get used to everything, right? Yeah. It doesn't like you know. That's yeah. why people who live in Utah, I'm like, how do you not walk out your front door and see those mountains? I'm like, right. yeah, it's the right, mountains. Right. You know what I mean? But still, to be there for such a short time has to inform some sense of like wherewithal because you know you're you you know there's a time you know for yes. how long you're going to be in there do you have any like is there any moment from that that was just like oh my gosh it's the coolest thing in the world like bono right. just you know like uh you know paid where gerald ford paid <laughs> yeah right
2: yeah yeah, yeah. that same uh, corner yeah that's, <laughs> yeah exactly yeah that Garden. same that same flower pot yeah 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 <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um I got to hear Sarah Groves perform. He's always been faithful to me at a conference. Oh, um, and I knew that we needed to to have her. And Sarah's a friend. And so the, the president held uh, Easter prayer breakfast. And it was like, th- this event was amazing. It, it doesn't happen anymore. But it was like in the week surrounding Easter, you'd have like the the heads of denomination like christian leaders from around the country and it would be like the and this is a commentary we could t- take this conversation on a whole other path which is it did strike me as as a believer you know, why can't we do this on our own? Like, why mm. does it take the yeah. president to, to bring all these various people together?
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but you would have the head of the Southern Baptist Convention sitting at a table with the head of the Episcopal Church. I mean, mm. uh, you, you're just not gonna. Um, and Sarah, oh, and then you have like the president's cabinet, uh, secretary of defense, heads of military branches, uh, secretary of transportation, like um, se- senior White House staff. Uh, And there's, there's a, there's a worship service. So there, there would be, uh, there would be a sermon, there would be scripture reading. Mm -hmm. Um, We had Sarah grow. Oh, Carlos Whitaker. He he did it uh, my last, my last year when I was, uh, when I was there. Um, But Sarah came and she sang, uh, she did. He's always been faithful to me and uh, she I didn't know she was going to do this, but she she comes to the end and she goes. I wonder if we might sing "Great Is Thy Faithfulness," and you know it takes it takes some real like fortitude to just call like an audible like that yeah. in yeah, a setting yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. But but Sarah felt led, and uh, everyone stood up, and uh, you see like again like Secretary of Defense with like you know some like you know. Uh, uh, quaker leader you know like whatever like you just look around the room and 180 people are singing great is thy faithfulness in the wow. east room of the white house Jeez. i'll like never ever forget that and always be yeah. grateful that sarah sort of brought in that moment so so oh, yeah That's cool yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. right
1: It'd be funny if you were like, she called an audible, let's sing Greatest Thy Faithfulness. She was immediately tackled by seven. Yes, that's right. Yeah.
2: She twitches. A that, yeah, if you see her twitch, uh, it's she got that taser. She got that taser. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: But she's now got two more notes on a range at the
1: top, which is really, which is really worth yeah, yeah. all of it. Okay, okay so I have, I have a question. Hold it here in my notes because I, I told Dave if I only had time to ask one question, this is it. It's kind of it, I I thought it was two questions. As I'm skimming through it now, I'm like, this is kind of like a two part question. So it's basically I want to talk about the separation of church and state, yeah, right. And you are such a unique uh, person to talk to about this because this is the water you swim in, you know, and in my. I also want to want to draw attention to what you said earlier, where you were talking about young people, and you said anyone 40 and younger. So I just want to make note for the record that I am in that category, and Dave is in more of the elder <laughs> category. But: The separation of church and state, I, I feel like to me, in my short, short 40 years, it's, it's, I think that this is just a concept that I am. Supposed to wrestle with, you know, I don't know, like, like maybe many other issues. I'm not sure if it's something where we're supposed to land on it and that's our stance, and then we stay there till we leave this earth or whatever. Mm, yeah, and I, because I don't feel like we should be forcing prayer in public schools, right? And I don't want my pastor on Sunday morning to get up and in his sermon tell me who he thinks we should be voting for mm. in the next election, but at the same time, I don't think. Our elected officials who are believers should leave their faith at home when they go to work you know what i mean yes and so as someone who is founder president ceo of an organization called the center for christianity and public life i'm curious what your thoughts are this first part of the question on just the separation of church and state
2: yeah so uh so i write about this uh in uh my upcoming book that'll be out in january and i'm interested to see see what people think about it uh so i i think the separation of church and state as a legal concept is is valid and i think that there are mm-hmm. other situations in other contexts that like i don't think it's something that has to transfer to every time and context as like this ultimate ideal but i think it's mm. it's it's viable i think it can can be consistent with a Christian, uh, with with Christian faithfulness. W- what I'm concerned about is the other work outside of strict legal and sort of sort of political application that the separation of church tends to do, like the philosophical mm-hmm. message it sends. Uh, and there are a number of stories I could tell here. Uh, uh, just just a quick, uh, uh well, a, a, a couple. I was sitting. Down with the leader in philanthropy, uh, so not government, uh, 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 private f- philanthropy, and they. This ph- this uh, philanthropic organization was doing work on poverty, on housing, on education, and I was talking about all the work that faith-based organizations do. Uh, and by the way, this is I wasn't working for government at the time. This is this is after, um, and I was talking through all the work that faith-based organizations and churches contribute to To those kinds of issues which are right in her wheelhouse, it's her mission mm-hmm. and she goes uh, i i finish and 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 she goes to me uh you, you know michael uh, you know it's interesting i'm i'm glad for that work but uh but you know uh because of this the separation of church and state we don't we don't fund religious organizations and i mm-hmm. and i i just said referring to church and say, i said, well, which one are you uh yeah yeah. she's not she's not either there there's this there's this idea sort of the philosophical message that separation of church and state seems to send or at least the way people take it on is that faith isn't up to the task of real life it's not it's not up to the task of real decisions that deal with reality so so dallas willard when he was uh contemplating the idea of a secular, a secular university, he asked the question, is reality secular? And, Mm. and who, who made that determination and on what basis? And if we haven't made that determination, then what does it mean to to say that you're a secular university? Uh, maybe, maybe you're not the one dealing in reality, uh, Mm. as it is. And so again i think you know willard wrote that the separation of church and state should be zealously upheld as a legal principle but i think as as christians and, and what that means so right a strict reading of the separation of church and state means uh you can't make uh affiliation with a particular denomination a prerequisite for holding office you can't have the, the government making an official church religion so like the british system would not be consistent with the separation of church and state uh the church of england is the official denomination faith of 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 britain and and that that would cross the line what doesn't cross the line is people of faith and various faiths those of none at all bringing their conception of reality their conception of their own priorities to their political decision making and Mm -hmm. i would argue that's what democracy requires. Yeah, if, if, we're, yeah. if we're telling people, you know, there's all this sort of like expressive language in our politics you know, make your voice heard, stand up for what you believe. We can't say that uh, and then say, unless your beliefs are informed by your faith or your, your, your positions are informed by your faith, then you need to leave those to the side. And so yeah. that's, that's, the, that, that's, that's the tension.
0: If you're asking about my friend His name is John If you're asking about his last name It's McLaughlin And his friend's name's Dave Oh, we changed keys, I'll, I'll yeah. with that okay. Um, lately, you—you you, one of the first things you said when you came in, you said, hey, mm-hmm. wh- what have you been about lately? Do you remember yeah, when you said that's that exa- Word for word singing? what I said. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to answer that word for word. Lately, I've been all about Rooted, the uh. NIV Bible for men. I simply can't put it down. Have I, you seen it? You I seen could it?
1: tell, Dave. I could see it on yeah. your face. And yeah. Dave, yeah. yeah, I love it too. New from Zondervan Bible Publishers, designed to help you connect with your identity in Christ, is Rooted, the NIV Bible for men and Dave. What? And Flourish, the NIV Bible for women. Yeah, Dave, let me ask you something. Yeah. What is so awesome about rooted? <laughs> John, Tell me. you know
0: me. I can be a little <laughs> scattered at times, okay? Now, nah, I can say that. Don't say it. It hurts too much if yeah. say it. Yeah. So I love the summary of talking points and questions at the beginning of each book of the Bible. It helps
1: center my focus about what I'm about to read and what to look for. You know, another cool thing is the profiles that it has on certain people in the Bible. Rooted goes a little more in-depth. About important figures and the roles that they played. Other features, yeah, other features
0: include myth articles that expose commonly accepted myths of our culture and refute them with God's word. It has notes that offer clarity into the attributes of God and has questions for
1: growth that you can answer alone, with a friend, or in a small group. You know, both of these Bibles, Flourish for Women and Rooted for Men, offer the knowledge, strength, and clarity to navigate life's challenges with Scripture as your guide. And Flourish, the NIV Bible for
0: Women, and Rooted, the NIV Bible for Men, are available both in hardcover and leather-soft
1: styles. Find out more and order your copy today at Amazon.com rootedandflourish Rooted and Flourish that's amazon dot com slash rooted and flourish
0: okay <laughs> i mean uh, okay John, right? I, I, I see your point Okay, but even though technically the Roman Empire began in 625 BC it didn't uh, really obviously. make significant progress until the period of kings of uh, the 500s here we, go. here we go
1: so what you think that they became an empire then just because they were selling oil lamps everywhere mm. Dave please unification over invasion had united the people and forged a spirit long before the period of come kings come on John how can you be
0: this dense what does Amy say about this huh surely she can talk some sense in you this is incredible
1: no Amy believes that the roman empire wait a minute actually i don't think amy has ever shared any of her thoughts about the roman empire oh which is crazy we've been together for so long how have i never talked about this with her
0: yeah dave yeah i feel like i need a break too let's just get some coffee
1: wait did you just say coffee Uh, yeah well today's episode (laughs) and my morning cup of joe is brought to you by let's dave let's sing it together i don't i don't this is a word that's That's so special. I don't say it. I see it. (coughs) Methodical
2: coffee.
0: Coffee. Oh, shoot. Okay. No, that's fine. You nailed it. Methodical coffee has craft coffee and tea for people of all kinds. Roasted, blended, Mm -hmm. brewed, Mm -hmm. served, and Mm -hmm. perfected. Now, those are the coffees, not the people, but could be the people. (laughs) Perfected by verified coffee and tea nerds like my friend Johnny John John.
1: Oh, that's exactly right. And methodical... Isn't just the name of their business, Dave. I can't, mm. I can't say this yeah, enough. Yeah. It's their approach to everything. everything. Methodical's been roasting and hosting, R&H. which rhymes, so we like that as songwriters, <laughs> for over eight years and offers a wide selection of coffees and teas that are complex yet easygoing, like my buddy Dave Barnes. Don't do
0: that. <laughs> but the best of Methodical's coffees is our signature Dadville, Dadville blend.
1: blend. Dave, the Dadville Blend is the fuel that gets me going mm. every morning mm, I dare that. I say er morning er morning filled with hints of chocolate graham and
0: brown sugar and if you go to methodicalcoffee.com dadville it takes you right to the
1: dadville signature blend and don't forget to enter our discount code dadville visit methodicalcoffee.com for more information and use the discount code dadville for 10% off your first order that's methodicalcoffee.com and use the discount code dadville
0: Knock knock. <laughs> knock, knock. Who's there? It's John and Dave. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's Answer the and door. Dave. Huh. Knock, knock. Who is there? It's John Why are they and ringing Dave. the doorbell? We've John got a doorbell for a reason. <laughs> John, you have two choices. Okay. The first is you eat better every day, but it's really difficult. Go on. That's choice one. Two. The second is you eat better every day, but it's really easy. <laughs>
1: Man, that's tough. This is already taking too long. That you is have t- just t- okay. Answered. Sorry. Well, okay. I, I I prefer the second one where yep. you eat better every day yep. and it's yeah, really that's right. easy. That's the right answer. Uh, in fact, I'd like for it to take the form of delicious ready-to-eat meals. Well, Can I add that Johnny to the scenario?
0: Mac, you are going to love Factor. Are you ready for factor? pre-prepared, yes. chef-crafted yes. and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door, John? Let's tell him quickly what's not going to happen. Where are they not deliver? They're not going to leave it on the corner. Nope. Nope. Unless you live right on the corner. Yeah, then they're going to live it. They're not going to find a street child. We have those everywhere in 12th South. Street and just give child. it to the street child as they disappear into a back alley somewhere. No,
1: it's not going to happen. And listen... Yeah. You said dietitian approved. Yeah. Dave, you know this is about me. I only eat food that's, that's dietitian I approved. That's said it, John. Not only that, but you'll also have over
0: 35 meals to choose from. You come to me and, and you say every week, Dave, I'll take 12. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break. And it, it is 35, John, meals to choose from. And that's per week, including options like keto, calorie smart, vegan yes. and yes. veggie. And what we call that the V&V mm-hmm. and more, plus over 55 weekly add ons. you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options
1: dave the only question that i'm left with is what am i waiting for Mm. okay i'll answer my own question nothing whoa right i'm ready for factors two minute meals they're not three minutes you don't have time for that two minutes so i can fuel up fast with restaurant quality meals all delivered again dave straight to your door knock knock who's there factor has
0: everything you need for a week of flavorful nutritious eats in addition to ready-to-eat meals they have cold pressed juices let me tell you what they're not gonna do john hot to be warm pressed not <laughs> oh, even warm gosh. no there was a huge fat in the 70s didn't work <laughs> smoothies energy bites extra protein veggie sides and more to eat to eat to keep you energized eat and they're going to keep you energized John during <laughs> frantic times I'm frantic right now because you're, you're so, so pumped up. up I'm so pumped up Dave
1: Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast upscale options you know I love upsc- upscale you you're upscale uptown
0: girl, girl I was going to say you're- yeah
1: get as much or as little as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week gracious. right I'll, I'd do 18 for sure yeah. plus you can pause or reschedule your delivery Anytime. Anytime. Head to factormeals.com
0: slash dadville50 and use code dadville50 to get 50% off.
1: No, that can't be right. No, it is. That's too good of a deal. Yeah. That's code dadville50 at factormeals.com slash dadville50 to get 50% off. That's half if my math is correct.
0: <laughs> it is. Go get it, guys.
1: Well, and it's like as a, as a Christian boater... Right. You have, it's like, if I can generalize it this way, like you, my faith is like my, the, my beliefs, my ideals on any given part of life. Right. And then the political side feels more like my, my views and compromise. Yeah. right. So like the example to go back, back to the, the prayer and school thing. If, if I could make everyone on this planet, as a Christian, if I could have everyone instantly know the love of Christ by cutting my pinky off, I would immediately cut my pinky off, yeah, yeah. right, but at the same time i, I like I said earlier, i don 't support sanctioned prayer in public schools i right. i don't think that 's a good idea, not everyone is a believer. Some people in that classroom have f- different faith systems, like just because it 's my religion, i don 't think we should yeah. put one religion on on everybody, so there's so it's like my faith encompasses all of this. But as a voter, it's like I have to draw the line somewhere for myself, which is tricky. And it's and it was interesting. I was excited to talk to you about this yeah. because this is the water you swim in. You know, just those yeah. two elements that can be like oil and water sometimes that that's your world. You know?
2: So, yeah. So I just encourage you. And right, like discern this. But but my my sense of what you just said uh, is not. Oh, I'm putting my faith to the side when I say mm-hmm. that I don't think schools should enforce prayer. No, it, no, that's a faithful decision about in in a particular context.
1: Right. Um, right.
2: This is how you're applying uh, uh, your. Your beliefs and what you think, like you, you know, I I think the idea of uh, co- coercion and faith is one that we don't need to go outside of Scripture to resource. I think there is there are significant mm-hmm. scriptural resources for why you wouldn't force people to uh, proclaim something they don't believe. Um, mm-hmm. And so, so that would be. Um, I think that there are m- many faithful ways to approach politics. I think that you could vote. I think that two Christians could vote on the opposite sides of an issue and be equally faithful. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. What I am always looking for is what is the logic path that they take to get there? I'm looking for mm-hmm. the, you know, I think Jesus would have this, but, you know, is that really safe? You know, is that don't we really need to get practical here? And that's when I mm-hmm. want to, not as a political matter, but as like a pastoral matter. Like, like, yeah. do, you, do you believe Jesus is Lord? Um, do do you trust? What else don't you trust Jesus with in your life? And what I found is like when people make these sorts of separations in politics, um, they're making them in their own lives. So when they face financial pressure with their home finances. They say, well, generally, Jesus would have me be honest with my accounting and with how I'm paying my taxes. But the pressure is on. And if I don't fudge the numbers a bit, I don't know if we're going to make it. So I don't know if Jesus is really up to the up to the task of me making my life work. Uh, Right. And so and people make those kinds of judgments in politics all the time. And it's not uh, it's not. Well, this is a different area of life, and and we live in a pluralistic society. It's it's no, I just don't trust what I think Jesus would have me do in this situation, and that's the thing I'm concerned about. I'm less concerned about sort of, well, I think the minimum wage should be this, and I think it should be that. No, there 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 is a range of faithful Christian positions on on those kinds of yeah issues. yeah.
0: God, that is a <laughs> that is really well articulated. It, it is interesting. To have to hold that thing, that it's that dual thing where you're like, you know, you really can have two amazing people in, in, of faith disagree on something. And, yeah. and I think you, it's that is that takes a lot of maturity to have. Uh, but you said it well. It's it's more about, well, let's talk about how you get to where that is because you may really have a conviction and that's great. And then this person over here can have a conviction. But man, when the asterisks start to fly in is where it gets a little like, uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, okay. <laughs> yes, this yes. is where it breaks down a little bit yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah. no i I think it's right and the the um the kind of people we are has much to do with the kind of politics that we have um and i I think christians need to be much more attentive to how and the spirit with which they're approaching their politics Mm. than thinking that the faith is synonymous with one particular ideological approach yeah right um yeah yeah. what we have a lot of is is folks justifying uh so much not really in the i mean they might they might invoke the faith but really it's in the name of uh, a policy agenda an ideological Mm -hmm. agenda Mm -hmm. and what gets put to the side is the, the, the 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 spirit with which they're 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 conducting themselves and i yeah. i would i yeah. would uh i would rather have folks that i might disagree with prudentially but are carrying themselves with the fruit of the spirit yes than folks yes. who yeah. are belligerently advancing because they think the ends justify the means uh right. some particular approach through through means that actually undermine folks confidence in in their end too like it usually doesn't work out that well so yeah yeah yeah.
0: that's great okay so a couple more questions one of the things i really like this as a thought so let's say over the next 10 years everything you're pushing for right Yeah, yeah yeah, goes your way uh and we get back together let's say in 10 years you know september 2033 how, what would that look like if, if you're like, man, all of my hopes and dreams for this is probably a dangerous game to play because you're going to immediately start crying because, you know, that's such a far fetched idea. But like, what, what would it look like? Like, what would we be talking about and celebrating?
2: Yeah, there is. Um, so, the, the, the mission of the Center for Christianity and Public Life is to contend for the credibility of Christian resources in public life for the public good. And there's this survey question that's been asked over the course of decades. Um, And and the question is uh, Do you believe religion is part of the solution to America's problems or part of the problem itself? That's Mm -hmm. basically the question. And up until 20 years ago, that was like an 80 20 question. 80% of Americans would say it's part of the solution. Now, of course, they'd have different opinions about how it's part of the solution, but like the general idea was if we had more and better uh, uh religious practice, religious conviction in this country, we'd be in a better place. That mm-hmm. is now a 50-50 question and and yeah. like the trend line is not is not uh positive right now. The political, social, missional, evangelistic consequences of that trend continuing are are really profound. Like like mm. it, it's just a whole different mm a uh, whole different environment to try to be preaching the gospel to be to be uh Christian artists musicians to be to be to be uh trying to live out your faith locally in your community if a majority of people around you think when asked like the baseline question uh you know are are Christians is religion providing a net positive or is it is it part of the problem? Like that's a whole different environment. So ten years from now, I think we'd start to see a re- a reversal of that trend line. Uh, we'd see mm. Americans, regardless of their faith background, start to regain confidence, not in all people who call themselves to be christian not mm. not but but in, in the idea that if we had better and more uh, a positive religious contribution that our nation would be in a better place. So that that's one way mm-hmm. of answering the, the, the 10 year question. I think the more quickly, the other thing, um, I think Christians would be at the vanguard of restoring the idea that politics and public life is for service, not for self aggrandizement, not um, for yeah. entertainment, but for service. And that mm. would both give politics, give politics a renewed dignity. And it would also, uh, reduce the, uh, the, the sort of ultimate, the ultimacy that we've given politics. It would at the same time, make it less and more important. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah. And that's, that's what I'd like to see. That's You know,
0: it's, it's funny. We've been studying church, Daniel, and man, the application of that to what you're saying. I mean, it's, I've been listening not only to our pastors preach through it, but I've been going to like the Bible project and, you know, getting all yeah. this and I'm just it has just bowled me over how applicable it is to a million things. But really what you just said, this idea that when you see that God brings them in, they assimilate in so many ways. Yes. And yeah, because yeah. it's to better Babylon. Which at first you're like I don't think that's right. You didn't read that right. No, 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 we read it. Like his whole thing is so that they will contribute to society. Yes. That they will renew society through their beliefs and through what God is doing in their lives. And so it's it's so fascinating to hear you say that because that's exactly what's happening there. This idea that like as believers we can be in but not of, would you hear a lot and gets really buzzy. But it's true. Like we participate in politics in school and community in our churches and our private life in a way that it renews the earth and people and communities and societies and, you know, but, but still doing what we've been called to do, not in this sort of like we carry our banner in and beat the crud out of people with it, but just in these simple, beautiful ways, it just gets better because God's way is better. And if we believe that it has a way of renewing these things, you know, it's really powerful. It's really powerful.
2: It is. And, And look, I think, I I don't know what the trajectory of American politics, American life, you know, I think a lot of us now are reading this book uh the great uh the great to Churching and and that that's mm-hmm. provided a lot of data on drops of church attendance, religious affiliation in this country. Um and so there I I care a lot about the the overall public trajectory of the country uh and 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 that's important, but what I'll say is um so so at, at at the nonprofit, at the Center for Christianity and Public Life, we, we we say and believe it's at the core of what we do, that spiritual formation is central to civic renewal, that actually mm. the public is not going to get better unless we are a different kind of people. And wow. that could maybe it translates, maybe it doesn't but at least Christian confidence in Christian resources will be restored. Like, like we, we spend so much time looking out and saying, uh, Oh, you know, like if, if only people knew more scripture and, you know, if only, you know, uh, if only, you know, the, the public folks, uh, 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 secular quote unquote secular leaders gave Christians more respect. We'd be in a, we'd be in a better place, but I'll just be honest. Like I, I see a crisis of confidence in the church yeah that's that, a great word that Christian resources hold up in public life and mm-hmm. and if if we can't if we can address that uh then how can we expect uh yeah. the broader the broader public to 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 mm. think about those things God that's good yeah that's
1: great yeah so oh, there's a there's a random video that from two thousand seven two thousand eight or something like that that i I think about all the time in the last three, four years or so, it was John McCain was doing a town hall and he got a question from a woman who came up and, and was speaking disparagingly of, of Obama and he kind of takes the mic from her and says, look, you don't need to be worried about Obama being your president. Yeah, I'm running because I think I would be a heck of yes. a lot better president. But yes. you don't need to worry hmm. about you know. He's like, I know him, I know his family. Like, you don't need to be worried. And hmm. I that video, I think about it so much. Forget about what, for those listening. Yes. I'm not making a statement about Obama right. or McCain. I'm not making a political statement at all. I'm I'm what I long for when I think of that video is an open-mindedness that we as a, as a nation, I feel like have lost our, we've lost it, or we've, or we've even lost the idea that we could be open to it. You know what I mean? Yes. But I'm curious, as someone who works in politics, when I bring up that video, are, are you thinking, no, 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 that happened, examples like that happen all the time. It's just not profitable for media outlets to show you that. That's what I want the answer to be. But what what are are your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, no, this is such a big part of the of the new book. I talk specifically about this, but but really, it's it's um. Right, the striking thing about that video is that he initially gets booed, Mm -hmm. like like it says something, and this is back, like you said, in two thousand eight. It says something about people's state of mind. That when a politician tells them you don't need to be afraid, they boo. You know, like like what mm. like yeah. like that. I think about that a lot. And and we see mm. that we see that in you know, everyone complains about negative ads, advertising in, in politics. And and I think politicians, people who make ads need to be they're primarily responsible for what they put out. But what you'll hear when you talk to the people who make these ads Is look, we put out positive ads and the engagement rate was like a flat line. We put out ads about our opponent and a controversy, something that something that looks like it could be on e-news and people love it. It drives Mm -hmm. up our name identification. It drives down our opponent's approval rating. And so we're responding. And again, I I don't think this excuses it, but you have to understand when you read these on the record quotes in places like the New York Times, people saying that that I I quote my book. There's a there's a strategist who says, you know, flat out says the algorithm does not uh, reward civility and kindness. (laughs) Um, And and what's it? I wish Man. that she hadn't said algorithm, because the truth of the what she's really saying is the people don't reward it. Yeah, yeah. and, and un, un, unless this is the this is the burden and the potential of a democratic system of government, it it will at the end of the day. Yes, we could we could ask for and even demand sort of uh, moments of courage from politicians. And sometimes they could get away with that and stay in office, but if 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 elected officials are standing up to the people who put them in office over and over and over again, they won't be in office that much longer, and so that's mm-hmm. a that's a that's an us problem yeah. Um, yeah and so so yeah, I mean, I do think there are good people serving. I do think I mean the depressing thing is how often you'll hear from politicians themselves say i uh, i i i i um i i wish i wish that i could show kindness publicly to someone across the aisle but my people would kill me for it right you know and and that that is just like a really sad sad thing i don't know if you saw you know one of the recent republican uh debates uh you know chris chris christie was getting attacked because When his state got hit by a hurricane, he had the gall to invite the sitting president who happened to be of another party to his state. And people were like, you know, this the fact that he hugged the president who was coming to deliver aid so that his people would survive, they gave him a hug. That's something that. Partisans are talking about a dozen years after the fact, like, you know, how could you, you really like, you know, you shouldn't have given him that legitimacy and it's, and it happens the other side too. And it's just not, um, we, we need to take responsibility for that. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, uh, in in the age of the internet and social media is helping that negative a thousand. Yes, because we are training our brain. It, it's like you said, John. We're just training our brains for this clickbait kind of stuff that doesn't honor kindness near as much as it does all the other things that are so you know scandalous or like. oh, and and, and to right. your point too, Michael, that dopamine hit you're gonna get every time from those terrible things where you know seeing a guy hug another. You know, competitor or whatever. Yeah, it's just like, right. eh, you yeah. Know, like yeah, right, yeah, um, yeah. And I think too, I, I wonder sometimes. This is neither here nor there, but I do wonder sometimes if we also tell ourselves in those moments, like, we need a fighter, not a nice guy. You know, so it also gets into what we think of, what we think of leadership, and and what qualities we believe innately leaders should have. And I think it's. You know, like, thank God Christendom believes this, but, you know, it's hard to convince the world, like, you need kindness and empathy and, you know, hospitality and the fruit of the spirit. Instead, you need, like, you know, Thunder God Jones, who's going to rain from on the high with all of his
1: <laughs> anger and, you Thunder know. Thunder God Jones. So, <laughs> I, so, I, so I have
2: I have something crazy to tell you all, and I don't know if I'm, but I think I could make it opaque enough that I could, I could say it without divulging. Uh your, your point is exactly right. Uh, the, uh, I, I have someone who's in politics who did a poll of, uh, of primary voters uh, asking them their, to rank 20 qualities that they are prioritizing as they, as they vote in the primary. The number one quality was Christian. The number twenty quality was humility, and the and the and the number two quality was fighter. Ugh. so Christian fighter, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going beneath the camera. Ugh. Humility, and uh, that to me is one of the clearest pictures of our politics. Yeah, right now. they just
0: want Carmen from nineteen eighty-seven. <laughs> They're like, if we could vote for Carmen, let's put Carmen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> With his sweet tan skin and curly hair. Uh, okay, Michael, we know you have a million things to do and a million uh problems to solve. So we have kind of a speed round here at the end. Some of these are more frivolous and some are, but it remember, this is like we're not asking you to pontificate for millions of years. It's more speed to speed yeah, yeah, round yeah. to get your thoughts. Okay. So uh there's four of these. I'll do two, John two. What T V show, in your opinion? Portrays politics most accurately and we're talking of the West Wings the Madam Secretaries dare we say Veep? dare we say Parks and Rec
2: yeah Madam Secretary uh, I think in really in of accuracy I yeah. love that show oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I love that okay. show
1: alright if everyone on earth could read one of your not one of your books one of your articles just one what would it be you've written a million of oh, them but is gosh. there one that sticks out and then I'm gonna read hey, it aloud
2: since, since yeah right <laughs> Uh, you know, I wrote this piece I love for, um, for a publication called Mere Orthodoxy. Um, I think the title of it is, uh, food and the, and the life of the nations. And it's a, it's a, it's the most personal thing I've, I've, I've ever written, um, is about some of my family background, but also talking a bit about how, uh, food and identity work in. In in our politics by talking about Italy a bit and and I uh, yeah the circle I mean this all has to circle back to Syria and Bologna um, say, um, and is. so so yeah. right, so that was so that that would be that would be an article yeah uh,
0: and this is a timely question that's which is actually punny once I actually read this but if you had to redo <laughs> I'm actually laughing thinking about this <laughs> the, the age requirements for political office what would you say the age parameters should be. <laughs> I'm already laughing thinking about this. Have you seen uh, anything get named faster in your life? Oh I don't know that I
2: have. I just don't know that I have. <laughs> oh gosh. Um you know, l- let's just only like uh forty to forty-five. That's it. That's, that's it, you fair. know, like that's <laughs> that's it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> what is the minimum minimum age? Is it forty or is it forty something? So it's so for president it's thirty five. I think for 35? senate, I think it's twenty eight. I think. Oh wow! Uh, and so, so there aren't, and then, and then you know, like we have mayors in places in the country that are like mm-hmm. twenty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. But yeah, God, I, there's not an upper forty to forty-five, age limit. and you're out. <laughs> uh.
0: <laughs> it would be like I feel like that. You see it with Obama. You see it with you know the Bushes. Any of the presidents, it is always mind-boggling, oh, yeah. especially over two terms when uh, they do yeah. like the entry picture. Yes. and oh, the yes. exit. It is like. The literally the weight of the world has just rested on the hair yes. I you know like it's just you just see like this is well, not someone who has look, won this I, victory, I, yeah, <laughs> so. I mean,
2: I wasn't exactly like uh. You know the burden of my job in the white house wasn't uh i wasn't sitting in the situation room you know making uh, yeah. making defense yeah. decisions yeah, 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 yeah. and even you know i was there from the time i was 20 to 23 and one of the big reasons i left was burned out so like a burned out 23 year old like that's a good yeah, know, yeah. that's your, a good indication test. yeah 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 It's yeah. yeah, crazy
1: all right last question if if everyone listening and in particular uh christians listening let's just say hypothetically everyone just forgot everything that we said over this past hour and 24 seconds yeah, yeah. right and now that you can you can say one phrase to them that they will retain but only yeah, this yeah. one
2: phrase what would it be yeah the kind of people we are has much to do with the kind of politics that, that we have and so um uh, that, that 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 would be the phrase and i would urge people to like think about that you can't be responsible for how everybody else acts can't be responsible mm. for. But everybody else does what what you are responsible for in cooperation with the Holy Spirit is the kind of person that you're you're becoming.
0: Come on. Wow. Mikey Ware just laying the wood on the last of this. Okay, let me remind everybody before we release you, two books that you can go out there and read. Reclaiming Hope, Lessons Learned in the Obama White House about the future of faith in America. And his new book, which will be out in January. January 23rd, actually, exactly. It's called The Spirit of Our Politics, Spiritual Formation and the Renovation of Public Life. And then I think the appendices say something like, all the little things Dave doesn't understand. So, um, you can go <laughs> check that out at any point uh, when that comes out. But thank you so much for being on, Michael.
2: This was great, man. Well thank you. It Cheers. was great being with you. Thanks,
0: guys. <laughs>